0: Grace, mercy, and peace, these are God's gifts to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Well, as I worked with your elders and your leadership this week coming to as your guests, and maybe a new member with you prepare, um, there was a little bit of give and take, and the give and take looked like this. Hey, this Sunday, I might goof on some things. And they said, that's all right. This Sunday, we might goof on things as we figure out this new life together. Well, guess what? As I read to you today, the Gospel reading... <laughs> I realized my biggest scoop of the day. Are you ready? I prepared this sermon for a different text. Are you ready for that? How's <laughs> that for a Christmas surprise? Today's text is uh, Matthew 2 13 and following, and I prepared just before it Matthew 2 1 to 12, but I think we're going to be all right. I think you know that text well also that a star rose in the east, that it guided these magi or these wise men. And they come to uh, Bethel. My son's laughing really hard at me. <laughs> they, they come to Jerusalem and then are sent on, guided by the star. That's our text. We'll get quite a bit of it, actually, in the sermon itself. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, uh, for this church we give you thanks. For the people of Shepherd and Pines, for all the pastors who have served to this point. And, and now for this new season that we have together, really nothing has changed we are people in need of your guiding, your revelation, your gifts, all through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And so, bless us by your word today. Bless our hearing and our receiving, our comfort by your word, and then our carrying out of our love for our neighbors through our many vocations. Make it so, even this day, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. We, we fashion and we refashion Things that are so often most familiar to us. I think it's true. Just this last week, we made uh, and shared with somebody else. I forget who it was who sat down at our table. Oh, it was a coworker up for the day. We shared my grandmother's corn chowder recipe. Grandma, this is corn chowder, and they liked it. You'd have to like it. It's really, really good. And yet this familiar recipe to, me, recipe to us, we have uh, reshaped and refashioned. A recipe called for russets. We use reds. Her recipe didn't call for cheddar cheese, but we are generous with the cheddar cheese at the end. Her recipe certainly didn't call for a few dashes of Frank's hot sauce when nobody's looking, but we still do it. And occasionally even I sneak in maybe a tablespoon or a teaspoon of uh, fish sauce. Don't be freaked out. It boosts the flavor. It's really good, all right? And I do it when you're not looking. We take those things that are familiar to us and we refashion them and we reshape them. Chances are, this Christmas time, you whether around a table or the tree or somewhere else, friends, you recounted a family story, right? Or many of them. And in the recounting of that family story, there were, uh, there were details that have been kind of honed and tweaked, and leaned in on, and then there's other details that have been forgotten or pushed aside, right? Such that somebody's telling the family story and somebody else is off in the corner, either saying out loud or whispering to everybody else. That's not really how it happened, right? Or there's more to the story. We take the things that are familiar to us and we reshape them. We refashion them. Our gospel text this morning, even if I didn't read it, is very, very familiar to us. The Magi, coming from the east, led by the star. This is a very, very familiar Christmas story. And I'd suggest to you, it's familiar enough to us that this one also, this one also has been a little bit of putty in our hands or in our imaginations, in our memories. We're so familiar with it that we've often reshaped it and refashioned it. And when it comes to God's word, that's a silly thing to do. Even more so, it's a dangerous thing to do. So let's consider this text again from the beginning, a first time today, not even just a second time. It begins with near poetic words. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. These wise men, these kings of the Orient, right? We may be about them in that way. It seems that their story has been fashioned and refashioned. The word of the text is magi, which is a strange word to us. I don't know this word really other than this story. And then it's translated in our English translations, many of them, it's translated what? Wise men, as we've already said today. And yet, do you know this, that it turns out that the first description of them as quote-unquote wise men wasn't for another 500 years after Christ? The first recording of that. Or how about, we three kings of Orient are. How about this idea that they're kings? That comes 700 years after Christ. And where do we get the three? Well, I think the three's the most easily explainable of them all. What were their gifts? Anybody remember? Gold and frankincense, Frankenstein, right? And myrrh? Yeah. Three gifts. So we say three gifts must have been three magi. We add to that three wise men, and that begins to spin into we three kings. They certainly are foreigners. And whatever they were, in these few verses... And here's the spin on today, the turn, at least, from our retelling of the story. They are not so wise. In fact, they are largely ignorant. They are not on a journey because they had some great plan. Rather, God put that light in the sky, a star, and he revealed it to them. And notice this, having arrived in Israel, they're still lost. They're still ignorant about what this is all about. Go to the capital city to Jerusalem, and what do we find there? It says this. They ask the question, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Even this conveys their ignorance. They come to Jerusalem, a place that already has a king. His name is Herod. He is a wicked man, and it's quite a stumble. It's quite a fumble to show up and say, hey, where's the new baby king? We've come to worship him. Clearly, these guys don't know what's really going on. This, of course, then troubles Herod. But even Herod, king of the Jews, doesn't know. And so he has to ask his scholars, because he too is ignorant. And they are led back to what they should have been in from the very first. They are led to the word of God, the Old Testament prophecies. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where this Christ was to be born. Herod, king of the Jews, Jews, the holder of the promise of a coming Messiah. Even Herod didn't know where this Messiah would be born, almost as if he'd been forgotten to be looking for him. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, just as the prophets Moses and Ezekiel have said. And so then Herod says to these, what, wise men? He says, go and find them and tell me about him, where he is. The name of the family, tell me about him when you have found him. And they went. They went on their way to Bethlehem. So that's the way they're going. But the text says, as they were going, the star again appeared. And it led them to the home where the child then was. This is likely sometime after the birth of Christ. To travel from the Orient, led by a star, a star that leads beginning at the birth of Christ or even before the Christ, still that's a long, long journey. They come to Jerusalem. They find out the baby's to be born in Bethlehem. But while they're on their way, the star appears, and it simply says the text does. It leads them to the home, our child, is. And so they follow, and they go. But still, all along, they're ignorant for the fact that they are led by the revelation of God. The more we look at this account, account that wasn't for this week, but is our account today, the more we look at this account, the less anyone, anyone at all in this text looks wise. Not the Magi, not Herod, not all of Jerusalem. No one is wise, no, not even one. Yet God reveals the long-promised Messiah. God reveals the place of his birth through his word. God reveals the path. God reveals the path home afterwards, right, for these wise men. For they intended to go back to Herod and tell him where the child was, but God had to reveal to them again to go a different way. And God reveals a path of momentary safety for this family to Egypt, which was our text today. And how about you? How about us, Shepherd in the Pines and Big Bear friends? We are here at the dawn of a new year. Having completed the course of a now prior year, how was it? Was it a year where you thrived or a year you survived? Was it a year for the scrapbook or the scrap heap? Which one was it? Was it a year of strength or a year of weakness? I know largely how I would answer that for our own family. However you answer these questions, I know this. If it was a year of strength, you want to go from strength to strength. And if it was a year of weakness, you don't want to live there anymore. Lord, grant me strength. If it was a year of wisdom, you want to grow further in wisdom. But if it was a year of foolishness, Lord, grant to me wisdom. Grant to us wisdom. And may it all happen to you. Strength. Strength and wisdom in your homes, in this place, in our vocations, with our neighbors, with this church and the other churches in the valley. May that all happen. Gathering strength, healing, and wisdom. A great wish for this coming year, but I know this also, beyond my well wishes for you and yours and my own, beyond all that, we are not as wise as we think. Beyond all that, we are not as strong as we think. Weakness is one of those things that can either weasel its way into our lives or come crashing in all of a sudden. Big city of Jerusalem shines brightly, brings to it the Magi, and yet is foolish. Small town Bethlehem or small town Big Bear, we're really not any different Right? People flock to us in this season at least. We live here as well year round. We desire wisdom, we desire strength, and yet so often our lives are marked by wisdom, weakness rather, and foolishness. And God's word agrees. We can think of a few pieces of God's word, and I won't fully go there, but it says this that God comes in Christ to destroy the supposed wisdom of man and to reveal our foolishness. And Jesus comes, and he is God's wisdom. He comes to bind up the brokenhearted, the weak. He comes to heal the sick and not the healthy. He comes to bring life to the dead. And so what we need this Sunday and every Sunday in this place, all this year round in our homes and in our community, what we will need every last day is a God who comes And Reveals Himself. That's what we'll need and that's what we have. He comes and reveals himself to the foolish and to those who think themselves wise but are really foolish. He comes and reveals himself to the sick and the dying and the dead and to the healthy who are more sick than they know. He comes to reveal himself to those struggling with sins well known to them and he comes to be with us who are struggling with our sins Even the ones we don't know that we have or the ones we don't know to struggle with. This is exactly what we have at Christmas. This is exactly what we had in 2022. And this is exactly what we have in all of 2023. It says this again in the text, In assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, Herod inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Jerusalem written, From the prophets, O you, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler. What kind of ruler will he be? A ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem. This ruler king who would be a shepherd servant. Our king, our shepherd. Jesus is God's revelation to us and all people in all ages of a God who sees us far off in our sin, in our sin and our rebellion, in our foolishness and weakness. Does he give us a ladder? No. Does he give us a payment plan? No. Rather, he comes to us in the flesh, a child born of, the Mary, of Mary by the Holy Spirit, and this Jesus grows in actual wisdom. Here in Jesus, we have a one true wise king. And instead of scolding us, lecturing us, or executing justice upon us, or putting us on a payment plan, this wise king Jesus will lay down his life unto death itself for us on the cross. He will make full payment. It is finished, he says, He accomplishes all, he satisfies the wrath of God. And Herod said to the wise men, to the magi, these ignorant wise men, When you find him, let me know so I can go and see and worship. God's mind, Herod never got that chance. But we do see Jesus upon his throne, high upon the cross, and he was worshipped there, if you remember, by a guard. Surely this was the Son of God, he said. And we worship the servant king there also. But of course, the servant shepherd did not just die. He rose, and he lives, and he is with us. And this year, we can worship him little, or we can worship him much, hopefully lots. In either case, what's really good about life with Jesus isn't what we bring to him but what he brings to us and then to our neighbors through us. In baptism, he calls us into a new life, calls us his own and puts his name upon us. In the absolution and the supper, he feeds us, forgives us, and unites us. Jesus was revealed 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem and later in his hometown to Magi. But today in this place, in this church, this days to come, God reveals his son, in the Word, by the Spirit, to us. And when Jesus the Son is revealed, and when Jesus shows up, well, it's Christmas all over again, every last day, for He has gifts. He is the servant shepherd, the crucified and killed, but now living one. He reveals His gifts. They include, but are not limited to, adoption, forgiveness, life and salvation, peace that surpasses all understanding. And you, you receive these gifts today every day, and you enjoy them, and you share them. For as you have been forgiven, you will forgive. As you have been shown mercy, you will show mercy to others. And as you have been filled with hope through the revelation of God's Christ into your life, may you then, just as God promises, be prepared by His Spirit to share that hope with others. I actually hope that 2023 shapes up in my life, in our family's life, better than 2022. I hope for you and for us that 2023 is maybe one of the best of them. Maybe one of the best. But then again, it could be another hard year. Or it could be the hardest of years. And chances are it will be the hardest of years for at least somebody in this room. In any and all cases, our God has revealed the light of salvation to all people. To the Jews, and to the Gentiles, and that means then to us as well, here also. And God's revelation, well, his name is He came, he was born, he died, he rose, he lives, he abides with us, and constantly he reveals and gives to us his gifts every last day. And so this year too, is the year of God's making through Jesus Christ. And so we will rejoice and be glad in it, in Jesus' And God's people say, Amen.